0: Welcome, welcome coaches, teachers, parents, and medical professionals. You are listening to Larissa Mills and my podcast, At The Table. I am the founder of iParentGen.com, and today and every day, we are going to discuss how families and schools are managing technology and raising children and teaching them. We are also going to listen to how technology is impacting athletes and their level of sport. So let's get to it. Stay tuned and please call in with your questions or join us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram. But parents, you are not alone. There are courses, articles, and videos on my website. Please sign up for free. So let's get listening. Hi, Allie. Over there. You seem like your next door.
1: Sometimes tech makes you, uh, you can be in the same city and look like you're thousands of miles away and then um, be thousands of miles away and look like you're sitting in the same room. Well, you know what, though? Whatever. You can stay in
0: Edmonton for winter.
1: I don't want to go to Edmonton for winter.
0: <laughs> I have to Edmonton fair. for fair. winter. Oh, God. It was fair. minus 45 fair, uh, Celsius yeah. when I Ten. was there once. And yeah. I do not want to repeat on the tarmac of that. It was like we had to, we had to. We, our plane couldn't board up to some reason to the gates. So we had to get off and walk. And I, I mean, I'm I'm pretty much outside in minus 20 all winter here, I, outside mm-hmm. every day with the dog. And that, mm-hmm. but minus 45 has a different effect on the nostrils. <laughs> I was like, it's bad. Well. I'm so glad that you're, you're back here for, for part two of our parenting series. And I'm just going to reintroduce you very briefly Mm -hmm. to the people that maybe have not listened to part one, but I really strongly encourage everybody here to listen to part one, to get the fundamentals for this part two. So if you want to stop right here and go back and listen to part one, I would recommend it because it's really quite a good foundation for this one. Yes. So. Um, Ali Ali Wilkes, I got your name right this time, right? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm so bad at names. You are from successful step family. Um, you're a strategist and you're a couples coach. And mm-hmm. we are talking about um, separating families and how to bring routines and support. But for this mm-hmm. episode, we mm-hmm. are just going into more details about a little bit more exact strategies and how we can help families after they've been separated. So um, can you briefly share a little bit about your your background and Mm -hmm. and why we're doing
1: this? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So uh, my background actually is working with families, uh, I'd say in crisis for over Mm -hmm. 25 years. Uh, during that work, I met my husband, well, now husband, who uh, at the time was a divorced dad of three kids. So I became a stepmom. I've been married for now uh, over 14 years, but a stepmom for um, I'd say 15 years. Uh, so I learned a lot during that time of being a stepmom, mm-hmm. and, um, was able to blend both of my, uh, experiences working with families in crisis and my work, um, or my, my personal experiences rather in, in step-family life as a stepmom into right. the business mm-hmm. that I do right now. So, uh, that's, painful process for me never wanted anybody else to go through that wanted to have successful step couples wanted to have successful step families and so I'm a certified step family coach and a couples coach so that's
0: that a is very arduous emotional work um I wish there was more of you I wish there was more help with, with CAS I wish there was actually if, if, if we could do what um, England has done, for example, where they fund more psycho- psychologists, parenting consultants, social workers, and th- therapists and therapists in elementary schools, mm-hmm. all of it, it's Early. all available in every school because what they believe is preventative so that we Huge. see less. Traumatizations and less mental health issues in the health system later. Yes. That was Prevention is I had a super meeting. And that was where we sort of um, mm-hmm. ended up. I thought, wow, I wish we could do that because really, I bet you it would save millions of dollars and would make mm-hmm. a lot of people a lot happier.
1: Well, that's another podcast for another time, right, Larissa?
0: <laughs> uh, I think you, could, you and I just might as well in our side notes address all of the issues in which how we could make
1: that happen let's fix the world <laughs>
0: I, I think it's fixable yeah i, I think you it's about need to be presidents <laughs> totally fixable so today on this podcast number two we're calling it how do you do two Household same Rules?" my answer uh-huh. it's hard but it's uh-huh.
1: uh-huh.
0: um if if both Families have the best interests of the child at heart. It should be easier. That's uh-huh. what my, my families have been been saying. Now, with this, right. thing, you went back in podcast number one and you said it doesn't always happen. We can't get this teamwork. How how uh-huh. do we get this right for these kids in separated homes and find the same values and the same rules, or no, not necessarily all the same values, but kids need.
1: Uh-huh and mm-hmm.
0: for every day the same routines
1: yeah so when we talked in podcast number one we right. there's different types of, of parenting that happens post separation slash divorce and co-parenting is the one that you're talking about and by right. far uh that is the most successful type of situation post separation or divorce that a child can experience where like you said same house different households uh same rules same expectations routine structure the whole thing and and people are 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 a team and that's phenomenal and and ideal uh but also that's not and you and I talked about the statistics 70% of um separated families or separated couples with children um aren't um, in that co-parenting role, and there's there's degrees of, of, of co-parenting as well. So uh, the parallel parenting is where that uh, rules, same rules, same household, or sorry, same rules, different households, uh, becomes much more of a challenge. Right. Um, yeah. And so how do you become a team? Well, if you can't become a team, you, you you're, you're going to have to do the best that you can with a right. parallel parenting. Yeah. Right. Well, my next um,
0: question for you, we had was mm-hmm. we know that separated um, children who are from separated homes run at a higher risk for mm-hmm. um Anxiety, depression, uh-huh. suicide, feelings of anger, they change in their behavior. And it takes one parent and one household of giving in to a child and continually uh-huh. giving in to allow that child to learn very quickly that they are manipulating that parent. Uh-huh. They can learn uh-huh. as easy as two, young as two to manipulate. And, uh-huh. and very innocently so, right? Like, oh, if uh-huh. I do this, mom will give me uh-huh. more food, right? Like it uh-huh. sort of very fundamental and impulsive at that stage. But as we see between 12 ages and up, it becomes a much more sort of contrived cunning behavior that is yeah. learned. Now, yes. this is not healthy, nor no. is it this behavior, can it be applicable at work, at sports, uh, um, at, and at school? How do we help? Uh-huh prevent this in the homes when one of the homes is not playing on the same playing in the sandbox or yep. um playing on the same
1: team as we need yep. to be for the kids so i'm going to just step back a little bit to so, something yeah. fundamental that you said that's really important is okay. um that piece about you know um the co-parenting piece of putting yeah. mom and dads or you know yeah. uh, egos to the side and uh, right. focusing on what's best for for kids. So when you have a co-parenting cool relationship, what's best for the kids is is similar from one household to the next. However, where it becomes the crux of the problem is yeah. what I decide what's best for the kids in one house is different than it is for what's best in the other house. So that's where that parallel parenting. can come in yeah and so when you have uh, co-parenting between two households where they're teamed up communication between each other so that that manipulation and that division doesn't occur um i can give you an instance of where i was talking with a stepmom and stepmom said she has a good relationship with the bio mom and so they speak to each other and so as a result of speaking to each other, that child can't manipulate. So wow. communication between the two households is
0: clear. It's conduc- yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. So fundamentally, if, if that, that piece about what's in the best interest of the kids, if they're both coming at the same place and they can have conversations around, oh, what does that mean to you? What does that mean to me? And how are we going to make this work? So it's consistent from one household to the next that's what that ideal co-parenting thing is right and as i mentioned uh that ideal isn't always the case i mean there's kind of fluctuations uh on what co- co-parenting looks like right it's kind of like a continuum if you will of parenting right, right? much like it would be in this and just a, um, a together household um but when it comes to parallel parenting, when the other household is not supporting you in terms of technology, okay, routines, homework, mm-hmm. who they can hang around with, that kind of stuff, it, it's very. That's where the challenge comes the most when it's a parallel parenting situation. And you, I tell the people that I work with, and even in in my uh, um Blogging, but you absolutely can't control what happens in that other household. Not at all. Nor can that other household control what happens in your home. So if they have rules that just are not in alignment with your values, right? Uh, you don't have to follow their rules. But how do you make that the best for the child? It's again tying that back to that conversation that we had right. in podcast number one is giving that child the opportunity to have a voice about, you know, what's happening to me? How does this impact me? How can I still, you know, I'm living completely different rules in different households. You know, how do how do I make this the best fit for me? And then coming at it from the perspective of it's gonna be different in two households. Um, that's kind of the reality that you, you're gonna to have to deal with. So how do we make this as supportive for you as the child going back and forth between these whole two households. How do we support you in right. having your voice and self-esteem intact and dignity intact and all of those things? It, it, it's, 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 it's tricky for sure.
0: Navigating a, a thread, right? And you got to go along the thread, but you're going to dip or go up or above it. So yeah. Now, um, How do we get and work with two families to get that same bedtime screen time chores? How can Sally go to play with so and so at your house, but not our house? How do we work with two families trying to get them on the same routines and expectations for kids?
1: Well, if they if they are both understanding that the reason, the rationale behind this co- consistency from one house to the next, if they uh, get an understanding of, of the value behind that, you know, from the perspective of child development, from the perspective of safety and security, uh, which leads into the child development, it, it comes from building self confidence and self esteem and attachments and all of those other pieces. Like I said, that's a whole bunch of other episodes that we can talk about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If they come at it from that perspective, um, as opposed to um their own and I hesitate to use this word because I don't want it to trigger people, but from their own um self-interests. And and I'll couch that with a conversation I just recently had with a stepmom who said coming into this step family, uh she was divorced and had her own children as well. Right. Um I took in my own wounds into this new relationship that did not allow me to build healthy relationships with my stepchildren.
0: Hmm.
1: And so that's, that's kind of the piece that I'm talking about is, is for you to be able to co-parent effectively with the other household and be on the same page. I mean, you may not get that because let's be honest, I don't have that with my husband and we live in the same house. And we are not looking there. for
0: perfection, but we're looking for fundamentals,
1: right? Right. So open conversations, open dialogue, regular communication between both households, parking your egos and your own personal work is hugely important. And, and that, that is, you know, if you are solid in your self-esteem and your parenting role and who you are, And all of those things right um if you have that self-confidence you bring that to a relationship and then as a as as you bring that into a relationship and meeting an equal in that regard then you bring that into your parenting role and we talked about that as role modeling so going back to uh, that's the magic wand that we were talking about earlier right yeah um it's it's having dialogue always dialogue, dialogue, dialogue between both, fam- both, both, both homes. Because um, that's where, if, if kids are seeing that the, there's a split right. and miscommunication and not having each other's backs, that's where kids They learn can, quick. They learn quick. Not, and it's not just necessarily yeah. about manipulation nope. um, and getting, getting, getting. It's, nope. it's about fear.
0: I, I a lot that, of it is about is fear.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and like we said, wh- what's gonna happen to me? And, and so kids start to, t- to, to take control of them. So the
0: hard question that we need you to answer mm-hmm. that you have yeah. deal with a lot, um, we know that many of my clients that come to me, and I'm speaking from the point, from my perspective of when I'm seeing parents, we do an intake form of how many people are from mm-hmm. separated or single families. Right Uh now, I'd say that almost more than, I think it's almost 60% of the families are separated coming to me for help. And it seems to be that one family is allowing the child to stay up all night in the room on a phone. And it's Uh that family, Uh they don't care about the food or that family doesn't care about how you get home from school, that family doesn't care about who you're hanging out with. And it seems to be very consistent the people that come uh-huh. to me want help to help. They want to make their routines. They wanna, they wanna be a conscious parent and they want to have consistency. The magic word for parenting today is consistency with routines and their love and their structure. Uh-huh. Right? How do we help yeah. that family struggling, struggling with the other family that won't be part of the, the person in the sandbox helping out?
1: Yeah. And, and like I said, it, it comes down to, um, if, if the other family is digging in their heels or sorry, the other household, I won't say other yeah. family. No, no. Well, other household. Yeah. Yeah. Say other, yeah. yeah. If, if they're digging in their heels, there is not nothing, like I said, you can do about what happens in that other household, as much as it goes against the core fiber of your values and, and parenting and all of that stuff, nothing you can do. But let me bring in some information from my previous work in children's services and working with foster and adoptive families is you can't control what happens in the other household, but you can for sure control what happens in your household. And therefore you can minimize what happens as an impact in that other household. Okay. Here's the other thing too, what I know from trauma research is that you know you can influence your child and you can uh be a good role model and you can say this is what happens in our household and this is why this happens in our household and this is what eventually what we want as an outcome for you as our child we can't control what happens over there but we can can control what happens in our own household and you can mitigate as much as you can what happens in that other household
0: i think the that's kids. a great
1: excellent yeah yeah,
0: yeah. really
1: and, great. and so that's that sometimes that's all you can do um but always uh fundamentally even in in situations where i've worked with um clients yeah. with parental alienation oh um,
0: my friends are going through it, it it's just
1: yeah awful. is is keep is is always that relationship that with your kid always that relationship with the kid communication we talked about that earlier how do you have communication keeping the communication keeping the lines of communication open even if the kid says i don't want to have a conversation with you i'd rather spend time over at mom's because there's no rules over there keeping the lines of communication open keeping uh not not just that but i love you no matter what the lines are always open if you ever need me call me here you go keeping keeping the door keeping the door open Keeping a window open if the door because, is getting closed, yeah. keeping a few windows open. But just, you know.
0: Speaking from a place keeping, of reassurance and that you love and that I'm here and I'm here for whenever um, you, you want to come home or you want to call and talk. Attachment, attachment, attachment. And keep yeah. the attachment in their brain. That is vital. Yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, even like I said, even in our own first time families, my own family my daughter is wanting to spend more time with her friends you Mm -hmm. and i had a conversation before when we were interviewing each other or chatting um, about how to hold on to your kids right Mm -hmm. because as we as kids become more independent and influence of friends and boyfriends and jobs Mm -hmm. and girlfriends and activities Mm -hmm. and we lose them but fundamentally it's about home base and coming back to you're welcome here you're valued so here. you're so loved you're here yeah yeah this is your safe spot
0: yeah and and and, and back we, to our jobs are to encourage them to go out and meet people mm-hmm. and feel good and be happy and confident you know be productive yeah. humans those are our goals yeah and we want them to feel good yeah. with us and be responsible
1: yeah And so for me, fundamentally, what I've told parents, step, uh, adoptive, kinship, foster, is that the two greatest gifts you can give your child is number one, a healthy self-esteem. Yes. Because that way they feel that they can take on the world. Yeah. And number two, a healthy attachment. So when they run into those inevitable problems where they can't take on the world, then they have that soft place to land.
0: I call it the landing mat. Exactly. That's what I call it when... work together with other parents. That we, yeah, you need to be the place where, if all the world is going to heck, then that child needs. Uh They Uh can come and talk to you that their friend is suicidal, or that they failed a test, or you're not going to criticize them. If you're constantly criticizing your kids,
1: they will not come to you. Yeah, yeah. And and here's a word of advice, a very very strong word of advice. Mm -hmm. If that other home Is, I I mean, uh, uh, even if they're polar opposite to you, how you run your household, if you say anything bad about that other household, mom is lazy, dad is whatever, yes, you know, on and on and on. You are damaging, not just the 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 other parent's household. You may think that you're you're pulling your child closer to you by saying something negative about that other household. Do not under any circumstances slag that other house. Ever. 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 That's
0: you a whole podcast. I, I would love to do scenario work with you. And do numbers, another uh, podcast on the numerous situations yep. that I have when that happens.
1: Yeah. Yep. Ever, ever, ever. Doesn't matter how bad you think it is. I mean, there comes a time where, you know, you may need to step in child protection issues, but yes fundamentally it is make you are you are their soft place to land you're the role model you're loving and accepting of who they are and and you're you're secure in in your parenting style it's so important so yeah and
0: it yeah are really really good points Allie actually and and I'm I'm actually hoping that I have written all this down correctly when I do my
1: (laughs) podcast technology yeah you can listen to it again and later on yeah, it, yes, it's, it, uh, it's much easier. there's not much you can do about what happens in that other household, but do the best you can in your in, in the time that you have and, and that kid knows um, that you're the soft spot to land and no matter what, right, that unconditionalness.
0: Right. Now here's the trick question um yeah. well, many families know that they can come to me and i help mediate between two families that they're not they want to do the right thing for their kids they just need someone to sort of mediate and figure out bed times, meal times and some chores and screen time and i sort of write up what one family says and that family says and i said here here's a nice mix of both uh-huh. does this satisfy you does this satisfy you and i work with what they gave me i work with what they gave me i go back and uh-huh. forth." And you know what? I said, you're actually on the same team. You actually are very similar in your values and your choices. You can probably talk about this yourselves now, right? And encouraging right. them. And yeah. I still encourage the, the, the weekly meeting. If things are going well, then, then a, every a bi-weekly meeting, um, mm-hmm. would you encourage that if they can do that to, to come to a person like, Uh, me to set up the routines or encourage them to find somebody if they're willing to both try but just can't
1: yeah oh I I think mediation is is a, a wonderful thing um I I'm also of the of the firm belief that conflict doesn't have to be a bad thing a lot of people view conflict as a horrible thing and to be avoided at all costs and whatever but if you look at it is an opportunity for clearing things out and getting clarity and actually as an opportunity to, to come together and, and connect. If you view it from that perspective, then, then you're so far ahead of the game, right? Yeah. So mediation means yes. that, hey, you and I are not in a good spot. We, we're not agreeing, but let's, let's have a third party, somebody outside, like, you know, three, four, five brains are better than us two. And and if we can, if the ultimate purpose is for us, is yeah. We love our child. The ultimate yeah. purpose the is value. for our child's yeah. well-being. And we love our child. We want what's best for our child. Yeah. Then then mediation, having somebody to help us come to that point, it's a, I think that's a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah, it's all about I call it playing the sandbox.
1: You all okay. want to build
0: me something too. beautiful. You all want to build something beautiful <laughs> yeah. sandbox. Yeah, and our goal is to make sure the children thrive, not just sort of survive. Thrive.
1: So, then so going back to those those wound conversations, sometimes yep. the biggest problem with parents in different households having different roles, it's those old wounds. So it's not even about the kids; it's about hurting the other parent. Yep. So if you can park yep. your pain and your anger towards that other parent, and you're coming at it from what's yep. best for the child, that's where you're going to win. I like your park, park the pain. Now, my last yeah. question. Yeah. Um,
0: now, or actually, second last, but how do we, how do separated parents help mm-hmm. their children build self-esteem and keep their mental skills um, developing? What should we be working on, do you think, the most? What skills?
1: Okay, so ask that question again, because there's, it was a two-parter. Okay, so what sort
0: of mental skills mm-hmm. should we be helping our children develop? It doesn't even matter if we are in separated households, single or not or a nuclear family. What should right. we be teaching our children in terms of mental skills?
1: Um, <laughs> I just think about my own um, my own children. Um, yeah. But so when I say resiliency, that's that's a big word, but resiliency is so important. It's two,
0: it's two parts, right? It's two parts. Yeah resiliency.
1: But you know, in the work that I've done with traumatized traumatized children coming into the child protection system, relationship is the most important resiliency factor for any, like if we're talking, if we're talking COVID, if we're talking a child who's been physically, emotionally, sexually abused and and put into a foster home, if we're talking about a child going through divorce, um, any of those things, having one person, and this is, this is research backed by, yeah, I know where you're going right now. Yeah. Having one solid person that is absolutely crazy about that kid no holds barred accepting that child for who they are that is the one key factor in making a difference between a child who's been physically abused and all of that other stuff yeah repeating that cycle and not repeating that cycle so in terms of mental skills just having a place to talk and be who they are and be accepted so, again, tying that back in even more to self-esteem yeah. and attachment. But attachment above all else. Right.
0: Yeah, attachment yeah. is key. I would, I would also add to that, that working with your children to, um, on their self-talk skills, initially, right, yes. focusing yes. on um, their mantras at night or their gratitude lists, um, working with emotional intelligence working through each of the five yep. components over time uh there is no use in yelling really because we can't if, if you're always oh. going to yell they'll just turn you out and it'll just strain your relationship it's got to be a workable relationship
1: may may I share a magic bullet for me that i learned oh,
0: Firehead.
1: <laughs> i mean it's not like the magic bullet but it's I'll uh, take for it. Me it was a magic bullet it was when I made a parenting mistake with my kids, I, I told them I was sorry.
0: That's pretty fundamental it, though, right? Like I've, I've made, I made a mistake is. the other day. Apologies, my my parents be... mean,
1: kids aren't stupid. <laughs> wow. What, parents what make happened mistakes? to you? I never really knew yeah. it. I lost it. Well, but the reality is for me, and that comes down to mental skills and mental wellness is is, is uh, number one apologize and when i've made a mistake and asking for forgiveness i screwed up i totally lost my cool i should have handled that better number one exactly- number two role modeling self care mm-hmm. yeah that if i value myself if i take care of me i'm showing you that i'm worthy enough mm-hmm. and then you are going to learn that i can I can't give worthiness to my child if I don't have it for myself. So those are, that's another mental skill that's hugely important.
0: Right. Uh, we could do oh, all sure. of you. And oh, I do uh, these courses just on emotional intelligence, just teaching that to parents, to teach yeah. their kids. And it's amazing when I make the connection with the parents, I'm like, wow, I, I'm going to work like almost analyzing people. And I, I really read my employees better. And I can understand my players better on my team. And I, I know I understand the body language and the, and I'm, I'm more empathetic and I, I can self-regulate and I control better. Right. Uh You can reason because you can't self-regulate until you have the other
1: components. Oh yeah. Right. Um, Compassion has to be the lens
0: for everything. Yeah. Or good. I I also build in with compassion, empathy, listening. Uh
1: Uh-huh
0: right? Yep, right. That's, well, that's, yeah. So I have a long list here, Allie, that I'm going to read off. This is our last little oh, conclusion here. I know, so I believe, who
1: have, I know it's supposed uh, to be like three to five. No, I got
0: too many, things. but we're going to tag team yeah. this out, I think. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So here are some strategies and tips that um, single families and, or separated families can use in which to help foster a happier Um, environment for their children to gain self-esteem and confidence in both homes. So here we go. Ready? Yeah. If you are co-parenting really try to focus on being a team for your kids. Uh Right. Part of that, the main part that I heard you say for the last two or three hours has been communication, communication, clarity, and what is best for them through your communication right? To the step parents or partners, if you will. Right? Number three was in and and I wrote this all out randomly, but give your children a voice in both households to speak about whatever it is like my one kid came home. He's, he talked to me for 30 minutes about a World War II submarine book. You go, buddy. (laughs) And then he started to talk about what happened at school. He didn't like that day. There was a boy that's being mean. And so just by relating, and I put the phones are down when the kids are home. Uh I want to be accessible. I devote the first bit of each day for them. And that's not every family can do that. Sometimes there's Uh nobody here. I'm driving a kid somewhere else. But when I am here, I am focused. So focusing on your kids and listening to them. Um, Consistent parenting across both households. I do teach a consistent parenting uh, course. Um, if I can share that, maybe that with you, if you may do a podcast on that, but how to get that consistency in two homes, um, you said, um, own your own self, make sure you're working on you as a parent, because if we're not acknowledging that we have a role and we have our own idiosyncrasies to sort of work on and our weaknesses, uh, that's, Complete fallacy. We all have things that we need to work on constantly, so working uh-huh. on us as adults has to come, I think, first, really. Yes,
1: uh, absolutely. i still,
0: still not down my list. So, um, you said that we want to focus on dialogues, not monologues. Dialoguing. Perfect.
1: So, yes.
0: Right.
1: And yes. we have. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm 100% agreeing with you. I like okay. the way that you succinctly put that. Absolutely. Park our own comments
0: about the other household because they yes. never, ever will do anything good to help the relationship with the other parent because what happens if that relationship turns around, mm-hmm. right? You've just now poorly badmouthed the other family. And that's mm-hmm. not right. And that's not how we treat people on the playground at work or anywhere. So fundamentally that, that's wrong. Yeah. Right. Um, the other, I think the last one here is you can control your household. You can control your role modeling. You can be the best adult they have that they can come to and be their landing mat. Even if something bad or you know something is wrong at the other household, you can completely control what's in your own household and you can own it and be open and make sure that you're accessible and they'll know that the kids love you and keep telling them that you love them. And they need to have that one person to help build their self-esteem and to help give them the confidence, right? Mm-hmm. Is that where I, I went? Yes. That's how I got in today.
1: <laughs> Larissa, you and I could do like a freestyle podcasting and take all day to have a conversation because yeah well i'm already on
0: about in my back of my head 10 more episodes
1: oh i i just even some of the things that you just spoke about i could add a whole bunch but i'm not going to overwhelm you and i'm not going to overwhelm your audience so
0: yeah well let's do let's just say we're going to do two more (laughs) absolutely um so um, Ali, you work with, um, couples and you work with, uh, step families. How can people, um, contact you to work with you and maybe to start working with you on an ongoing basis?
1: Uh, well, I have, it's best probably through email. Um, okay. Oh, I will post I'm, that. I'm just Everyone knows pro- I post it. Yeah. 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 Um, best through email because I'm just in the process of upgrading my website and, and doing a whole bunch of transferring over. So I don't want to lose anybody that way. Yep. Um, and so Allie Wilkes at stepcoupling.com okay. is my email address. Uh, phone is always great too 780 233 8484. Nice. I'm uh, on Facebook fairly regularly, pretty much daily, to be honest. Yep. <laughs> Well, you got
0: uh, your
1: work, right? You got to be on there. Yeah. So the soulful stepmom, I'm a little bit woo, actually a lot woo, and that's another story for another time. And uh, successful step couples is uh, is, is uh, my uh, other place where I can.
0: You can reached. send me some of those links just to make sure. How yeah. Them. And I mean, and also. I
1: I do yeah I do retreats for stepmoms. Just finished one last weekend. Uh, and I do retreats oh, for couples and I do coaching yeah and I run resentment uh dropping resentment co- group coaching so I here. uh yeah you, you yeah and i have got a summit coming person. up if people How are interested in <laughs> um it's my it's my passion so it uh, doesn't then, it, then it's not uh, work, I, I, it? I no I want to do it all right now <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know me too. Yeah. Well, Ali, thank you so much for being here on the parent talk today. And I hope we can continue our series for separated families, single parents, divorced parents, um, and we can uh, foster more of a teamwork oriented approach to putting children first when we know that they are at higher risk. Um, I hope to see you soon. Uh, So my pleasure we'll, we'll, we'll stick around here with me and we'll, we'll book another time and, and people, I really hope you share this podcast and we will post the video eventually. Um, so hopefully we'll see you soon, Allie. Thank you so much
1: for being here. Oh, thank you for the invitation.